Praise the Lord. So we're going to the second part of this this series, Worry. Uh, it's, it's going to be three parts. We dealt with the first part last week. And we have the second part today. And tomorrow we'll do the last part. And I pray that after this, we'll worry less. We'll keep worrying less. And before you know it, you know, we won't even worry at all. You know, when situations come, we just look at it like, oh, this is for my God. Nah, there's no point. That's the that's the progression, you know. We start at the beginning, understanding what's the causes of worry. Then today we're gonna to look at the methods to avoid worry. Then we keep talking about it so that what happens is we get you get better at this. So that when situations come, like I said, we just look at it like, okay, is this all you got, devil? You know. So last week, we, like I said, we talked about causes of worry. And we, we, we looked at Matthew 6, 19 to 24. And, you know, just more of this, more of a recap. We, we said, you know, the causes of worry, the first one is putting your treasures on, on the earth, putting your treasures in earthly things. The second one was don't use your ordinary eyes to examine or understand your situation. And the third thing is, who's your master? Who, who, who is, is God? Is money your master, or is God your master? But today we're going to talk about the methods to avoid worry. So there are certain methods that we we need to adopt to avoid worry. So we're going to look at from twenty five to thirty three, but I'm not going to read the entire thing. But I'm going to read it in chunks. I'm going to read it in chunks, you know, so we have a better understanding. So the first method to worry is we need uh, we need a mindset change. I said we need a mindset change. Um, if you go to Matthew 6, 25 to 31, New Living Translation, Matthew 6, 25 to 31, in New Living Translation. If you don't have your Bibles, please uh, use the opportunity to bring them. And I'll read from here. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothing to wear? What do you need more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to them, to, to him than they are? Can all your worry Add a single moment to your life. I'm, I'm reading from verse 20, 20, 28. Good, thank you. It says, and why 
worry about clothes. Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't walk or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? So like I said, the first method to avoid worry is a mindset change. You see, you see that in this day and age, sometimes when we read scripture, sometimes we read scripture as a storybook, which is not good. But supposing, you know, somebody, I don't believe I read the scripture or believer that is not, that hasn't adopted the aspect of going into, as you're about to go into the word, asking the Holy Spirit to, to open their eyes. When they read the scripture, they can they could get slightly offended because God is comparing you and I as with birds and plants. You know, and you see the thing about it is the thing about scripture is that their messages, their scriptures are full of key messages that can change your life. They're full of key messages that can change your life. So the, 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 key, the key here is this. God is not trying to compare you, or the Bible is not trying to compare you with, with birds and plants. The Bible is saying, look, Jesus is trying to convey that, can you imagine these temporary things, birds and plants that are here one day, gone the next day, and God is taking care of them. If God can take care of them, why can't he take care of you? That's what the Lord is just, that's the, the hidden message. But let's look at, let's look at it. You know, this teaching, you know, this teaching is sometimes very difficult for, for us to understand because I'll tell you why it's difficult. You know, that's why I said we need a mindset change. Look at Jeremiah 13, 23, New Living Translation. Jeremiah 13, 23. Jeremiah 13, 23. Color of your skin. Can a leopard take away its spots? Neither can you start doing good, for you have always done evil. Can you imagine what, what the Lord is saying there? What the Bible is saying? It says, I read, it says, can an Ethiopian change the color of his skin? Can a leopard Take away its spots. Neither can you start doing good for you are always if you have always done evil. See, leopards typically fend for themselves. Leopards can kill anyone in their path to get to their des destination. Leopards are what? A vicious human beings. They are vicious. And it's amazing because that's exactly how we were before Christ. That's how we were before Christ. You know, I used to know somebody, I still know somebody. You know, 
I know somebody, not that we have, I'm going to do a disclaimer, not that both of us are friends, but I know somebody. Whereby that person is the person who doesn't know Christ. The person would do, would do anything to put somebody down just to get promoted or recognized. You know, if they have to talk ill about somebody else, they will do it. If they have to talk terribly about somebody else, they will quickly do it because you know what? You're in their way of progress in their mind. You're in their way in, in the way of direct their direction. They're acting like what? Leopard. We used to be, we used to, we used to be like that before, before we knew Christ. And it, it, the aspect is that there was no way of changing ourselves. You know, we, before we knew Christ, what happened was would be that we say, you know, you know that what you're doing is bad, but you say, God help me to stop. You don't even say God, because you didn't know Christ, so you won't say God, but you will try to help yourself to stop. And you say to your, your friends or your, to, to your people you know, that I will stop it tomorrow. And, and tomorrow, what happens? You go back to your old ways again. It, it, becomes a very, it becomes a very difficult thing. You start to say, why come I'm doing this thing all the time? That's why the Bible says, can a leopard take away its spots? Leopards have spots. He said, it cannot. He said, neither can you start doing good and you have, for you have always done evil. Before Christ, we always did evil. We always did one evil or the other. But when we accepted Christ Jesus, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Bible says we were transformed. The sinful nature was cut off spiritually, and you and I were given the nature of, of Jesus. You see, this thing is hard to, to understand in your mind. It's hard to, it's hard, it could be hard to comprehend. But the thing about it is, the Bible says we need to walk by what? By faith. We need to understand that if Jesus says it in the Bible, if the word has said it, it means that Jesus did it. If we start now trying to second guess Honestly, I'm being honest with you. If we start to second guess this one, this scripture, then anything that is written in the Bible, we would uh, second guess it. And that's why then before you know it, it starts to be, you know what? Um, Igbo people will say, I'm horonka. I would, let, me, let me choose which one I would take. You know, maybe I don't like this one. I'll take this one. This one seems good. All this whole forgiving my neighbor, why should I forgive that person? Don't you know what he did to me? I'm not going to forgive him. I would remove this one. No, this one. This one I don't like. Oh, love my friends. Oh, of course, I will love my friends. That means we are, we are picking and choosing the Bible. Look at what Colossians 2, 11 to 13 says. New Living Translation. It says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized. 
And that's why it's good to, 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 to be baptized in, in, in water baptism. So you have an understanding. When you, when, you get, when you get immersed into water, see the Bible says you were buried with Christ. Then you were, then you were raised with Christ. So let's go, keep going. He says, and with him, you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Says 13, it says, you were dead because of your sins, because of that evil. And because of your sinful nature was, was not cut off yet, was not yet cut off. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. So basically you are alive in Christ. So Christ is in you. Christ is in you. When you became, when you, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what the Bible said, do so what the Bible said. He cut off your what? Your sinful nature. He cut it off. And what happened? He gave his nature, the nature of Christ, and plopped into, into you, put it into you. And that's why the Bible is saying that you were you have been what? Transformed. You have been transformed from what? Being a leopard to being a sheep. You've been transformed whereby, um, that's why I say we need a mindset change. We need a mindset. We've been transformed from being a leopard to a sheep. You see, we have the nature of Christ <clears throat> who was totally obedient to his father. He was constantly guided by the Father while on it. We require a mindset change to know that our nature as a Christian has been transformed from a what? From a leopard to a sheep. We need, to, we need a mindset change where we used to fend for ourselves, leopard. And now we are depending on the shepherd for everything, sheep. <clears throat> I, I, I went. I went to. I went online to check. You know, when the Lord is giving me this thing, I said, "Let me check." Not as if in doubt, but I said, "Let me check." So I, I just checked. It says the personality of sheep is to listen to their leaders and show esteem to them, and that's why when you're in, in I'm just gonna say something real quick. Hopefully. When you're with in the in the in the in the confines of church in the temple, you don't go looking at Facebook because you're not showing esteem. You're not showing esteem for him. But that's by the way. So, so the sheep, they are obedient. Sheep de depend solely on the shepherd for everything. And everything includes what? Everything. You will see, you will see how we see what we're talking about everything. Let's look at Psalm 23, verse 1 to 6. But we'll look at its cuts in between. But look at, let's look at it. Verse 23. And Psalm 23, verse 1. I'll read, I'll, you know, I'll take, I'll read it from your verse. Then I would. I'll read it from this other one. Psalm 23, verse 1 to 6. It says what? The Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. 
He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside streams, the peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right path, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'm not afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Pastor, please, the, the lower one. Say, surely your goodness. Pastor, I can't see the, uh, thank you. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Look at another scripture, another, from that verse, from two to six. I'll read this one for you. New life version. It says what? He lets me rest in fields of green grass. Thank you. He said, he lets me rest in the fields of green grass. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He makes me strong again. He leads me in the, in the way of living right with himself, which brings honor to his name. Verse four. Yes, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, I will not be afraid of anything because you are with me. You have a walking stick with which to guide and one with which to help. These comfort me. You are making a table of food ready for me in front of those who hate me. You have poured all on my head. I have everything I need. For sure, you will give me goodness and loving kindness all the days of my life. Then I will live with you in the, your house forever. What the Lord is saying here is this. If you summarize this entire scripture, it says, the Lord says, I will give you direction. The Lord will give, give you direction. He will show you where to go. He will lead you. That's what he does to the sheep. The shepherd does to the sheep. He says he gives you strength. When problems are trying to overwhelm you or run you, run, run you out, he will renew your strength. He will work for you. Whatever happens in the world, he's always there. He will never leave you or forsake you. He's in the business of blessing his people. Let me tell you something. Let's look at this, what I'm trying to explain. Or what the Holy Spirit is trying to explain is this. Think about it. Which one would you prefer? Being a leopard or being a sheep? A leopard, he has to fend for himself. After a while, you get tired. You get tired of burning people. You get tired of, okay, you've gone to the top, but you burnt a whole lot of people. Now you're hated. Or you're trying to solve your problem yourself and you have plan A to plan Z and you go from plan A to plan Z and plan Z doesn't work. You go back to plan A again and you get frustrated. You worry yourself sick. That's a leopard. But God's saying, don't be a leopard. 
I didn't create you to be a leopard. I created you to what? To be a sheep. This is something that we need to constantly what? Remind ourselves. That's why I said, this is a constant mindset renewal. What to constantly remind ourselves that you have a shepherd who cares for you and I. I, I'll give you this example. I'll give you this example. This example. Look, think about this example of a, you know a sheep who cares for us, for you and I. Think about this. If you're home, you cook for yourself. You know, you, you cook for yourself, or your wife cooks for you, whatever the case may be. But somebody's in the kitchen cooking. So what happens? You know, there's you're doing the, 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 I won't call it manual labor, but you're doing the labor for yourself. But when you go to a restaurant, they, they cook the food for you. They come, they'll sit you down. That's what the Bible says. I, I sit you down in the presence of what your enemies, he, he will sit you down. He will serve you. The only thing that they won't do, short of putting the food in your mouth, but they will do everything for you. This is what the Bible is saying, that God is the, in the business of doing what? Doing everything for you. you know, another example could be, would be the relationship between children and what? And parents. A child depends on the parents for everything. But when we, go, when we grow up to be adults, the funny thing is that when we grow up to be adults, we don't want to depend on our parents anymore. Please, if you can, please, could, could, you, could you mute yourself? Thank you so much. Sorry. Think, think about this. A child depends on the parents for everything. But what happens when we grow up? What happens? We say we don't... Leave mommy and daddy alone. Let me go and fend for myself. Don't get me wrong. That's basically what it's supposed to be. But the Bible says, look at it this way. You, when you grow up, when you grow up and you become an adult, the Lord is saying, still be a child. Because what happens is when you now grow up and you become an adult, we become what? Equivalent to like a leopard. And what happens is that we don't want daddy anymore. But the, God, the Bible is saying, look, we need to be what? Like little children. Because a little child is always dependent on his parents. Yes. We're That's why, you see, the Bible is so Amazing when he says all these things. He says, you're children of what? Of God. <laughs> Child, children of God. He didn't say you're a daughter of God. He said you're a child of God. So let's look at, let's look at something I want to just say. Matthew 18, 2 to 3. Matthew 18, 2 to 3, it says, Jesus called 
Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn your turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So little children, we're talking about, we need to be like little children. We need to be submitted to God. And that's, the, that's why I say the mindset change has to be that way. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit would open our eyes to understand that we need as children of God, God has, that's the, what, what it means by grace and mercy. God has provided everything for us. All we have to do is to tap into it. All we have to do is to, 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 to go to him and obey, and obey, be in obedience to the Holy Spirit. Because God has sent the Holy Spirit to guide us, to guide our every movement, to guide us, to steer us in the right direction. And when you're an adult, you won't understand. Because what happens is that being an adult, I'm not saying, because when we talk about adults in the, in the, in the biblical sense and an adult in the, in the earthly sense, we need, to, we need to come to the aspect of saying, God, I'm going to rely on you at all times. We can't understand spiritual things by human or carnal thinking. The way you and I should live on earth is according to, by, is by faith. Faith is the catalyst to help us to reach our destination. If the Holy Spirit tells you, go shopping here, he knows why he's telling you to go shopping here. He knows the reason why. There's always, is, is, is later on, he opens the door for you to understand. But he knows, he wants you to be obedient. Without faith, is is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrew Hebrew 11, 6, New Living Translation. Hebrew 11, 6 says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So the key is that we need to walk by faith at all times. That's the only way we can please God. So when the Holy Spirit tells you, go and do this, you quickly go and do it. Act like a little child. I have a godson. His name is Chuck. Chuck, if Chuck comes to me and says, uncle, Chuck, Chuck will say, uncle, I'm coming to your house. And you say, you know, or you say, uncle, this one I know he always says, uncle, he likes candy. Uncle, I, I, I want candy. I'm coming to your house to eat candy. He knows that as soon as he says he's coming to my house, there's a knowing behind his mind. He will go to his father and says, father, dad, I want to go to uncle Chuka's house. His father will call me and say, come and pick uncle Chuka, come and pick Chuck. Chuck has no no, he, his understanding is that if, he's, if I say yes, that I'm going to come and pick him up, he's, he, there's, there's, no, there's no going back. He knows that this is exactly what it is. He's, he's at peace. 
He's completely at peace. But what happens with an adult? We're checking to see. This is the way he said it too fast. He said it too fast. I don't know. We have this. We're not sure. The key is that we need to walk by faith. We need to say, this is what God has said. I'm going to do it. If the word says it, it's so. We need to be people like that. Matthew 6, 27 says, can you worry, can all your worry, we just read it, Matthew 6, 27, New Living Translation. It says, can all your worry add a single moment to your life? Can all your worry add one single moment? Can all your worry add a hair to your, look at me, all the worry cannot add hair to my body. Because if it, if it does, means that I'll be a PhD warrior. Worry does not help anybody. It does not change anything. That's what the Bible says. It says, can all your worry add a single moment? You cannot change it. Your worry cannot change anything. Your worry cannot change your situation. Instead, it makes it worse. If God says that worry is not good, then you should consciously stop worrying and believe God. You should say, you know, consciously. I'm not saying this is how you consciously stop it. When it comes, you go to God. We need to believe. There's a believing. We need to be able to change this mindset that we're no longer leopards. We're no longer trying to fend for ourselves. We're no longer trying to get food for ourselves. We're no longer trying to, to, to get a promotion for ourselves. We're no longer trying to do all these things. Oh, we need to cut people's throats. We need to, we need to, we, we're no longer that way. God has the ability to change our circumstance. He has the ability to change us. He has the ability to renew our strength. He has the ability to direct us. We need to believe that God will perfect all that concerns you and I. And that's why it's imperative that both of us will walk by faith. Faith does not consider the physical. It does not even think about the physical. Things could be happening. It doesn't look at it. And that's one thing we need to, we do need to have an understanding. By the grace of God, after this teaching, I know how God, he, he, most likely he, he would, would learn how, what it means to, 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 to have faith, to walk by faith. It's not about understanding, you know, the way things are. Look, if God tells you to sell your house, I'll give you a quick example. There was, there was a, a, a guy that the, 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 the Lord, the pastor of a huge church in New Hampshire, a four square church in New Hampshire. And the Lord said to, his, to him and his wife and the family, he says, okay, you guys have to move. You're going somewhere. Leave your church. A church that is like almost 500 people. They leave your church. Pass it down to the, 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 the other pastor. The associate pastor. He says, then sell your house. That was during the time of the economic downturn. You would think the, 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 the real estate crashed at that time. You would think that because the real estate crashed, <laughs> his house can't sell. The Lord says, put your house on the market. 
Faith means I'm going to do exactly what the Lord says. I'm going to look away from the natural. The natural doesn't, I don't care about the natural circumstances. I only care about what, what God has said. And what did God say? This is what it is. Sell your house. Put your house on the market. And what happened? The guy put his house on the market three days. Three days. He had somebody bid. Like There was like a, what do they call it? Real estate bidding war. He sold the house in three days. Because you're dealing with God. You're dealing with God. Let me, let's flip it a, a little bit. We're trying to sell our house here. There was a time that we tried to sell our house because we wanted to move closer to church. Because church was, for us, was an hour and 30 minutes away. So we wanted to move closer. So we said, you know what? It's a good thing. It's a good thing to sell your house. So we said, God, we want to sell the house because we want to move closer. We put on the house on the market. I'll be honest with you, not even, I think it was only one person that showed up. The, we did it the first year, the second, only one person. That's how you know. <laughs> only one person. So I went to, went to God and said, okay, what is your plan? Why don't, how come we can't say, he said, did I tell you to move? You're supposed to be here, supposed to plant a church. I didn't tell you to move. And that's why they move. That's why we need to be guided. We need to be guided. We need to be guided because you know why we need to be guided? He's the God that knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't. The point is that we want to worry about tomorrow when we have a God that knows tomorrow. So why can't we follow the God that knows tomorrow than trying to worry about today, about tomorrow? We need to have the second aspect of avoiding worry. The first aspect is have a mindset change. The second aspect, I might not even finish this teaching. It's okay, we'll continue part two next week. The second aspect of, of, of avoiding worry is know that you are different. You are totally different. You're, you're a different species. The way God created you, you're different. There's no two of you. There's only one of you. Look at Matthew 6.32. New Living Translation. It says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father knows, already knows all your needs. Your heavenly father already knows all your needs. What things? How to eat, how to drink. It dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. Why should it dominate the thoughts of unbelievers and also dominate the thoughts of believers? You shouldn't. Because you're different. You're different. You know your heavenly father already knows what I need. You know that you're a sheep. He will take care of you. We should know that we are not ordinary. We are royalty. That's what 1 Peter 2, 2 9 says in, New, uh, in King James Version. I think it is New King James. 1 Peter 2 9 in New King James Version. 
He says, he says, but you are a chosen generation. But you are, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You have been recalled at once. Your royalty. Stop looking at uh, the British monarchy. You are the you are a you are a royal person. Yes, people are not people don't know that you're celebrity. You're a celebrity yourself. You're a royal priesthood. You're a special person in God's eyes. You are completely chosen. Look, do you know that the the Brit, the the UK UK monarchs, the Queen Mother, you know Andrew and Prince Andrew, and do you know that those people don't don't depend on the economy of the, of Britain? They don't depend on. As far as they're concerned, if the even if Britain is broke, the the monarchs they have to still live their lavish lifestyle. It, it doesn't matter to them. We need to understand that we depend on our God. We don't depend on the way the, look, do you know that the Bible says, it says in times of famine, look at what the Bible says. In times of famine, you have more than enough. When people are struggling, but in times of famine, you will be excelling. That's what the Bible says. That is the truth. Over the facts, the fact is, man, there's, oh man, people are losing their jobs. Oh, but when you believe the word, see, in times of this famine, do you know that people, you know, I see people leaving my company, going somewhere else. You know, I get in 20% more. They've believed that they will still excel. I mean, I don't know whether they are believers or not believers. I, I really, I can't tell. But the thing about it is, can you imagine that people still, if you can still believe that in times of famine, I will still have more than enough. God is saying, you're honoring my word and I'll do it for you. You see, Romans 8, 17 says, Romans 8, 17, no living translation. It says, and since, and since you are his children, you are his, you are his heir. In fact, together with Christ, you are heirs of God's glory. Excuse me. But if we are to share his glory, we also share his suffering. You know, when someone dies, he gives you, he brings, a, you have an inheritance. You and I have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. We have an inheritance. If someone gets adopted into a family, he answers the father's, the parents' name, and automatically gets enrolled in the in, in the inheritance of the family. The Bible says we've been adopted into the kingdom of God, and because we've been adopted into the kingdom of God, the Bible says that what you have what 
you have an inheritance. He says, I will provide for you. The inheritance is found in the word. If he says, no matter what, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He says, what I mean? It didn't say I have everything I need only when there's no clause. He said, you have everything you need. Look, the monarchs are special in the eyes of the people in the UK. You, are, you and I are special in the eyes of God. I don't know which one is bigger. For me, in my mind, in the eyes of God is bigger. Look at what he says now. I'll read, I'll read the first part of this. Isaiah 49, 16, 16a. Isaiah 49, 16a. He says, see, I have written your palm, your name, what? Your name on the palms of my hands. That's if God, God says, I have written, what? Your name. Chuka Uzo is in the palm of God's hands. Who, whatever your name is, is in the palm of your hand. Mrs. Toy is in the palm of your hand. So it means that, do you think, Sam says, who is man that you're so mindful of him? He is always thinking about you. He's saying, man, how will I take care of my daughter, Tony? Mrs. Tony? How will I take care of my daughter? How can I take care of my son, Okwe? What does he need now? He looks and says, man, my children need this and this. And what does he do? He provides it. He makes opportunity. He does things. He creates opportunity. I went to Macy's the other day. I saw something online. So I said, you know, on, on Friday, I said, let me just go to Macy's. I haven't gone to this store in a long time, but you know, let me just quickly go. I go there, about to buy this thing. No, I wasn't really about to buy it. I was just looking to see. The woman says, you know, there's, there's a sale coming up on the 26th, you know, but I think, I believe I can honor it for you today. I said, really? He says, yeah. We can take $300 off. Can you, can you imagine how God does those kind of things? I was in the area. I'm telling you, I was in the area. I was in the vicinity of that mall. And I just felt, let me just go to this mall. Let me just see. The Lord was pushing me towards the mall. The the Lord was moving me towards the mall and said, okay, my son, go to the mall. You want to buy these things? You deserve it. Go to the mall. $300 off. You might think it's not as much, but think about it. $300 more will give, you will buy me. I can go to the African store. My, my friend Oku is on the phone. He knows. I can go to the African store. What I call him, and sometimes I'm, uh, I call him, I say I'm going to the African store to go and buy yam. You know how many tubas of yam I'll buy with $300? It's a, it's a big savings. God says, 
in times of famine, we need to say amen with this. In times of famine, we'll have more than enough. That is God taking care of us. So why are you going to worry? <laughs> what, what are you worrying for? He has you in the palm of your hands. Your situation is, he didn't take him by surprise. He didn't say, oh, oh, I didn't know this thing would come up. He, he didn't take him by surprise. But he says, even when it happens, it is him that what he says, he comforts you. He is the one that is comforting you and helping you through it. He gives you the strength. He renews your strength. When things don't, don't, seem, don't seem right, you pray to him, you pray in the spirit. Yeah, that's why it's important for you to, 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 to pray in the Holy Spirit, to pray in the spirit, pray in tongues, because now you start to develop strength. Praise the Lord. I'm going to finish now. The, the, the last uh, thing, the last method to avoid worry is always go to God first whenever situations occur, whenever anything occurs. Anything. He doesn't, anything. <laughs> what I mean by anything, I mean anything. You're about to make a decision, go to God. You're about to buy, go to God. Whatever it is, you wake up in the morning, you, man, thank God for, for, for keeping me, giving me a breath to breathe. You go to God for everything. Practice what makes what? Perfect. Matthew, Matthew 6.33 says, in New, New King James Version, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You see, let me tell you something. If you're new to a country or a state, you make it your mission to get to know the place. You get to know. I remember when I moved to move from, um, I moved from my brothers. And uh, move no move from somewhere else. I wasn't my brothers from somewhere else to Irvington. I was living in Irvington, and you know I, I didn't know the area. I just moved into Irvington. So most of the time, when 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 I'm free after work or after school, I, I called my journey journey of no destination. So I'll just drive around the area just to get to know where like, you know, the stores where, the grocery shops. I just drive around just to get to know the place. As a child of God, the Bible says you came out from what? From darkness into light. You came out from the kingdom of darkness into light. You came out from, he, he brought you out. You, you, you're no, no longer a leopard, now you're a sheep. He brought you from this place, from one place to the other. He brought you into his kingdom. The, the most important thing for you to know is that you need to know what, how does the kingdom run? What does it mean? How does it work? You need to start to seek to know the kingdom. So if you're a new believer, you come to seek to know the kingdom. If you've been a Christian for so long, you can't, look, you can, we cannot understand the, 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 the things of the kingdom in all entirety. 
He said the secret things, Deuteronomy 29, 9, he said the secret things are in his hands. You can't know it. He has to reveal it to you. We, we will get to know God from, it's, it's something that we will know, we keep knowing God till tomorrow. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever that we may do all the words of his law. This is what it is. The secret things are in his, in his hands. So we cannot know the, the, the kingdom of God in his entirety. I want to talk about what, what we talk about the kingdom of God. Let me explain this whole aspect of the kingdom of God. We need to, what it means by seek, to seek is to attempt to find something, is, is, is an actual word. We have, to, we have to make an effort to do it. The kingdom of God, it means is what it says, the kingdom. That's the king's domain. And who is the king? Jesus is the king. So who are we seeking after? We're seeking after knowing who Jesus is. So we need to seek diligently. We need to seek diligently. We need to seek to know who Christ is. And who, who best to tell us who, about Christ is the Holy Spirit. The scriptures you know, they call, they call it the word of God. You get to know the word. That is, is the word. The word and the person is the same. You know, you get to know who the, who the word, who Jesus is by studying the word, by coming to, by, by asking the Holy Spirit to reveal Christ to you. And it's something that we continuously, continuously do. The other aspect of seeking Jesus is we need to make it a priority. He trumps over every situation, everything in our lives. Wake up in the morning, we, we just thank, thank him. You know, we need to put God first, not last. Not last in everything we do. We might not be used to it because we always think about ourselves. Umre uno. That's the Spanish. I hope I spoke it well. Umre uno. There's this movie that was says me, myself, and I. We, we don't think about me, myself, and I. We think first about God because he's our guide. He's everything to us. Have to get to get used to putting God first. And when, let me tell you something. When we put God first, if ever read from Philippians 4, 6 to 8, you understand that what happens is, he says, do pray about what? Everything. You know, verse 7 says, and the, sorry, I know this is just last minute. This, this was, I, don't I didn't, I don't have it eight. Then we close. Sorry, what was the scripture again? Philippians 4, 6 to 8. Sorry, it's not part of the teaching. God knows how he wants to bring the teaching out. 
sorry, bear with us. We have to buy a software. Philippians 4.6-8. He says, look at what he says. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. The peace of God is the green light. Is green light saying, okay, yes, I can do it. Or the peace of God is the one that garrisons in, in amplifies says, you garrison your heart. Then verse 8 says, finally, brethren, whatever there is things that are true, whatever things are noble, things are just, things are pure, things are lovely, things of good report. If there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This is what we're supposed to do. It says to not be anxious. The Bible never said be anxious. So stop saying, oh, as human beings, we're always anxious. Okay, sure, that's fact. Don't forget the truth. The truth, it says, do not be anxious. That's the truth. The truth is stay in the aspect of do not worry. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I want you this opportunity. If you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior, it's an opportunity to know him. It's an opportunity to know him. And also, it's also an opportunity. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna release this opportunity to release all these things that have been holding us back. Let's use, let's go first. Let's be, release all the things that, you know, that's been so on our minds, that's been giving us grief. Sleepless nights. We haven't been sleeping very well. We've been thinking and thinking and thinking. How are we going to solve this? Or how are we, these things that are going on in our life? Use opportunity now and say, God, I want to release it release it, release it to you now. I want to have the ability not to worry. I've heard the scriptures. I've heard the, the message today. Help me not to worry. Help me not to look at the physical, because when you look at the physical too much, it, it, starts, to, it starts to give you heart permutations. Heart permutation, you, your heart will start to beat. When you start looking at the situation, you say, when is God going to do this thing now, eh? But God is saying, remove your face. Remove your eyes from it. Take your eyes away from it. Go to God and say, God, I, I, help me. Help me. Things, things that have that has happened that has been out of my control. There are things that I don't understand. But Lord, I, I release it into your hands now. Because when you release it, what happens? The Bible says, I will give you peace. My body is, my yoke is what? It, it says, it's light. Put it on Jesus. Put it on him. Say, God, I, I, I give it to you. I, I don't want this anymore. Me too, I will give it to him too.
And as you give it to him, please don't take it back home. We'll talk about it as if you don't trust and you do it. You're going back to that whole aspect of being a leopard. You want to do it yourself. Give it to you. Know you have the ability to take care of it. So I'm gonna leave it in your hands. In the other aspect, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord, I say you're missing out. You're missing out on the on the inheritance. You're missing out on the, on the good things. You're missing out. He hasn't written your hand in your palm in his palm already. He hasn't put your your name is not in your palm in his palm. You, you, you can simply pray this prayer. And the Bible says, heaven will rejoice. I will even rejoice with you. Say the heaven will rejoice when one person has crossed over from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Just pray this prayer sincerely in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I'm a sinner. You died for me. Jesus Christ, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life from this day forward. Thank you, awesome God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Bible says, heaven is rejoicing with you. We are rejoicing with you. You've, you've been plucked from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So your name in his palm. He was always, he's going to be your shepherd now. In Jesus' name I pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just give you glory. We thank you. For your goodness and mercy. Thank you for listening. Help us to know that you are our shepherd. You are a shepherd. You, you want the best for us. You're too faithful to leave us. You're too loving to leave us. Father, Lord, we give you glory. Thank you because, Lord, we, as we put all, our, all the weight, Lord, we pray that you, you will perfect it. You will do it for us. All the asks, all the, all the wants, all the needs. Lord God Almighty, we have the assurance that you will perfect it for us in the name of Jesus, because you love us with everlasting love. So Lord God Almighty, we will not take it back from you. Lord, we will not take it back from you. We know, we have the assurance that you take care of it. So Father Lord, we just give you glory. Thank you, awesome God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs>